It's episode 16 of Honestly Unbalanced, and this week we're chatting to Kirsty Gallagher, who's a moon mentor, Sunday Times bestselling author, soul alignment and transformation coach, yoga teacher, meditation teacher, and founder of Lunar Living. Uh, she's been teaching yoga for over 10 years, including a ridiculous 80 worldwide retreats, and now she is traveling the UK and beyond, speaking at festivals and conferences. She's a Lululemon Legacy Ambassador and actually appearing really regularly on TV and radio. We absolutely loved this conversation. This isn't my world. It is Holly's world a little bit more so, but I went into it with an open mind and I found Kirsty to be just so humble, so honest, and actually she made everything she spoke about so accessible. Uh, enjoy it, guys. Whether you're practicing from home at the moment or finally getting back to yoga studios, you could probably do with your own yoga mat. And the best ones I've encountered are the Lifeform yoga mats. Uh, with code AHUSTLER19, you get a discount, we get commission. Win-win. Have a peek. That's a Lifeform yoga mat. Honestly unbalanced. You said something in our email exchange about this being a special time for the moon. What was that? What are you, what are you saying? We have a big full moon coming up on Sunday. Yay. But in general, at the moment, anyway, we're in a season of eclipses. So in a season of solar and lunar eclipses, which means over the last kind of six weeks, we've had this little energetic portal opened up to help us all. Really, I think just given the time we've been in lately and what we've all been going through and, you know, us guys have spoken a little bit about this time's really shown a lot of people what they want from life. Mm. It seems like all of the moons that we've had in lockdown have been kind of perfect moons for what we've been going through. Mm -hmm. And so this full moon we've got coming up on Sunday is the Capricorn full moon. And it's all about really creating long-term goals. So it's about looking forward to the future of taking the lessons of what we've been through over the past few months of like, okay, what don't I want anymore? What do I want? What's life shown me? And making now those long-term goals about how do I want my life to be? Where do I want to live? What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? So we're in a really like, yeah, powerful time at the moment. Mm. This is going to be really non-linear. And I normally will ask this kind of question later, but like, as you said, it's been a really reflective period. So like, what mm. is, and you set up what we need to work out what we want. So what is wealth for you? Like, what are you looking for in life? Like what is wealth for you? What do you want? Freedom. From what? From Freedom what? is... <laughs> From um, a freedom really and just being able to plan my days the way that I want them to go, to not be able to have to work before a certain time, to not be stuck to a nine to five, to not really be tied anywhere, to be able to, um, yeah, I guess that freedom and space to be mm -hmm. able to do what I love to do because I genuinely, as with you guys, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I really, really love it. And so it doesn't actually feel like work but I just want more space. Mm. More and space you, you were just saying, uh, you were just saying before this about how lockdown you felt trapped and yet it's almost given yeah. you the freedom to know what it is that you want and don't want now going yes. forward. Yes, mm. it's been such a powerful time. It really, really has. Even to that point of 
although I felt a little trapped as in in the house and, and I mean I know many of us now are suffering like Zoom fatigue I think is a real thing <laughs> just seeing, <laughs> your, seeing your own face every day oh, and all the flaws day. and imperfections oh, and like, oh yeah and not <laughs> only that but having like 50 pairs of eyes on a black screen at the other side of you watching you and there's no energetic exchange mm. so you don't give and receive anything back you can't gauge are they enjoying it are they even doing it are they sat on the sofa with a cup of tea just listening to me yeah. there's no energetic exchange for us to bounce off and so I found myself much more exhausted and there was days I did all right in lockdown really because I'm, I'm a bit of an introverted extrovert so mm. I spend I don't mind my own company but I went through about a week where I really struggled which I'm sure many of us mm. did and to show up online was so difficult in that time mm. to like gather the enthusiasm and the energy and to be the leader that brought things to people I found quite tough during that time um, but yeah, equally, it started to show me that I don't want to have to go back to four and a half hours on tubes every day, running oh, from each end of God London no. and here, there and everywhere and oh. running around again. I'm with you on that. And what was your strategy for showing up when you didn't want to show up or when you, it was hard to show up? Uh, yeah, I, I think just honouring the time in between. So just ensuring that in between classes, giving myself full permission to like be in a heap on the sofa on the uh, floor yeah of just giving myself then that emotional release or that that release that i needed to not feeling like i should be doing anything in between um and then also i think one thing i've learned through teaching because one of the difficulties i found as as a teacher because i've been teaching 11 years now in general is whenever you're going through something in your own life it is hard to show up. I've, I've been through times when I felt so inauthentic teaching because I'm in front of a room full of people telling them you can have whatever you want mm. and just believe in yourself. And, this, and when you don't feel it yourself, it's, it's tough to show up like that. But teaching has also healed me over and over again, mm. where in that hour where I do just get to space hold and move out of my own way a little bit and allow the words to come through me by the end of the class, I'm like, okay, now I feel a bit better. I feel mm. a bit more like me again. So again teaching in return has held space for me when I've needed to be held I think when you show up when you least want to show up you often teach the most powerful classes and heal the most yourself don't you I found Mm. yeah because there's a vulnerability I've always tried to do that with all of my work that I'm not going to get to the front of a class and go hey listen guys I'm like going through a breakup or I'm going through this and like sharing that way but I at least share a piece of my heart so I will um, not necessarily even teach themes around what I want, but I'll allow that vulnerability to come through my teaching. So I'm not mm. trying to be something I'm not in that moment. I'm mm. still allowing myself to, and those words are what touches people. They're the classes where people will message you after and be like, I felt like you were talking oh, to me. Oh yeah, mm. absolutely. I really felt that energy in that class. Mm. And it's the, that vulnerability, I think it touches people. Yeah, it's gold dust, and isn't I, it? I wonder if part mm. of that is a fact that when, when shit's going down, as it were, when stuff is happening in your life, you're more conscious mm. when you're teaching. Because yes. I think, because you know, sometimes I think all of us go into an autopilot. Yeah. Like we're good, totally. we're chilled, just walk in the room, we just do our thing. But yeah. like when, when I've had bad days or, or even I've just hung over, let's say. Like yesterday. Like, <laughs> like, teaching, <laughs> like teaching at a festival. And, oh my God. I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm more aware of what I'm saying because I know that I, could not could be doing it wrong but could be doing it badly so every yes. word that comes out is really thought Almost out is really present. considered yeah mm. perhaps it's so true so go so, so true. going back as you jump forward so going right back how did you get into everything mooney then but <laughs> before uh, word, can we, mooney. Can we, before mooney like how did because when i first met you i think you just uh you just moved to london perhaps 
And yes. it kind of got introduced to you as just someone that has just run a million retreats forever. Yeah. Like 40, mm. I remember that stupid. about you because you called me retreat girl for ah, ages. You were like, hey, retreat girl. Yeah, you did. What it's, because it's, it's because he's so shocking at remembering people's names. That's why. <laughs> that's maybe why. <laughs> retreat girl. I think I'm better I, now. I enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> but yeah, so what, how did you even get into teaching like 10 years ago? Teaching and teaching just an insane amount of retreats. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, so I suppose if, I, if we go way back, I've always been a bit, let's say, different. I've always mm. been quite alternative in my family and just in things I believed in. So I was the worst person you'd ever want to employ because I was the person that would stand up for everyone's rights and mm. would go home on the dot. And I just have always <laughs> felt that little like rebellious spirit. I'd wander around the office with no shoes because I'm going be I was like, oh, looking back, I was the worst nightmare. <laughs> and I suppose then I started to explore a lot of different things. So I... I did crystal healing. I became a regressional therapist. I did Reiki. I did all those like alternative mm. things. And none of it really gave me an answer until I found yoga. And it sounds really cliche to say I know, but at the end of I found that yoga gave an answer to nearly every question I had. The mm. philosophy behind that the, the philosophy is beautiful. There's so much more to it than the shapes. And I I, I fell in love with all of that. And so I decided then that I wanted to go and train in India because I wanted to go to the source of where yoga came mm -hmm. from. I wanted to to really go and explore it. So I quit my job. The whole world thought I was mad. I had a really good job in marketing and PR. It was a great job, but I just I just knew that my my heart just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And so I went to India for nine months and spent nine months in India, just um, practicing with many different teachers and learning and studying and did my teacher training out there. And so it was there that I got into all the stuff, Muni, because it's traditional in India that you fast on the full and new moon days. Mm. And so fasting is done on a full moon and they pray to Lord Vishnu and fasting is done on a new moon and they offer Shraddha, food to ancestors. So it's about you fasting in honor of your ancestors. Mm. And so that really kind of struck a chord with me. I, I really loved it. So I started to fast on moon days because, again, I was on a big spiritual mission and fasting gives you that. It almost gives you almost an insight to yourself. It was really powerful fasting on moon days. And because you don't practice yoga on moon days, we'd all have moon days off. And so everyone then would go into the cafes and the little coffee shops and hang out. And I'm a real people person. Mm. I love watching people. And you'd notice people's energy would change on moon days. And people start to have a lot of the same issues coming up. So there's similar conversations would be happening about different things that got me really hooked. Mm. And then it's also traditional on a moon day to do Abhyanga, which is an oil massage, because your body is so sore from doing seven, eight hours of yoga a day that you'd rub oil into all of your joints in your body and then you'd lay and let the oil soak in. And so in those times doing that, I'd be like, okay, moon, like, let me tune into this energy. Like, what am I feeling? What does this feel like? Let me meditate with this and sit with it. And so I started then just to really use moon days as that real day of honoring and shifting. And then I'd start to set intentions on moon days and then follow the lunar cycle around to them coming true and use the different phases of the moon to notice how I felt in each phase. And, and again, it was like my love affair with yoga. I, got, I was hooked. It was mm. just, it brought so much magic to my life. Wow. It really did. So, so did you know, you said you noticed other people kind of aligning mm. with your energy as well. And that, did that make you think, oh God, there's actually, there's something, there's in, something this in this that I need to, yes. to, so then what, Absolutely. how did you, how did your journey continue from there then? Did you research it more? And yeah, so I suppose I came, a, a lot of even the moon stuff I do now is very almost intuitive. It's my play on what, what the energies are that I'm sort of feeling. So mm. I 
came back from India and even then my journey felt quite meant to be. So I, I remember I came back from India, no work, no job, got my teacher training and I'd gone to a local gym I used to be a member of. And as I walked in there, the girl who ran all the classes was there and she's like, oh, Kirsty, you've just been to India. And I was like, yeah, of course. Started trying to tell her all about it. And she said to me, no, 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 our yoga teacher's just found in sick. Will you go and teach the class? Uh. And so literally the day after I got home, I was stood in a room in front of 50 oh, people. My God. Like, oh, And that was the best thing ever because I can be a bit of a self-doubter. Mm-hmm. And so had I had too much time to think about it, I'd have been starting next week or just let me learn a bit more and I'll start in a month or I'll put a class on in six Mm. months. So from that day, I I got up in front of those people and taught and she called me that night and said, we've got brilliant feedback. We want to give you a regular class. Oh my God. And then she called me two days later and was like, actually our Wigan site also needs a yoga teacher. Will you go and speak to them? Mm. And so kind of by the end of my first week being back, I had like five or six classes a week, which was just the dream. Wow. And then to your point about the retreats, I I was teaching back up north. um, I'm from near Manchester in Lancashire for about maybe six months. And I went away on holiday. And I remember getting back from holiday and feeling really down and feeling really quite mad at myself because I was like, what's wrong with you? You've got the dream. You've got everything you always wanted and yet you're still not feeling quite satisfied. What is that? And I realized it's because I also had such a love for travel that I wanted to be able to travel and teach. Mm. And so that's when then I just like, set the intention, set a little dream for wanting to be able to travel and teach and 87 yoga retreats later. 87? 87. Okay, mm-hmm. you're a treat girl. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I, that's why I owned the yeah. title. Own I was like, I'm going to totally take what, that. Yeah. What year? <laughs> what year was this? Roughly? I started doing retreats in 2012. So they- and so when I first started, there was literally, you'd go on to like the retreat websites and there'd be me, 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 me. You go on there now and there's like me and 700,000 uh, yeah. retreats. Um, so yeah. So I think you got, I got there at the perfect, the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Because no one was really doing it. So what made you think, okay, this can be a, a way to make money? Because there weren't that many people doing it to kind of lead by no, example. No. So what made you think you I could s- do it? I suppose just from that belief in, I've always lived a lot by intuition Mm -hmm. and by if I get a feeling I believe that I can do it I really live by that quote that says if you can see and believe it, you can achieve it Mm -hmm. so just the fact I could vision that that was possible I was like there's got to be something in this and again do you know what it it really sorted itself out where I went to teach in Ibiza and I got a slot at a school well a a retreat center then when I first started teaching in Ibiza there was like three retreat centers I think someone told me the other day there's like 197 now just in Ibiza alone blown up yeah and even on that retreat in Ibiza there was a girl there from Italy and she was like and you guys have heard this before people when especially if you're one of their first yoga teachers they're like you're the best teacher I've ever had this is amazing mm-hmm. you change people's lives in a way so they mm-hmm. they really feel that towards you and she was like would you come and do some retreats in Italy and I was like of course so she found the villa she found the chef she found everything that then worked that then led into going somewhere else and mm-hmm. I've got to say it a I think being at the forefront was brilliant and then people like um the Guardian and the Sunday Times picked up a couple of my retreats because, again, I was one of the only people doing it. And from there, when you get into a paper like that, people think, not to put myself down, but people think you're more than you are. Mm-hmm. So I then get so many inquiries. And by year three, everyone who came was either a returner or a recommendation. Mm-hmm. So every person that came. So That's once a good word sign of doing something there, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by then, and I mean, touch wood, in the whole time I did it, I, I cancelled one retreat. I only ever had to cancel one because it didn't fill. 
Mm. So coming back to self-doubt, have you have there been lots of times where you've really let that stand in your way and you haven't said yes to an opportunity that you felt would really be in alignment with what you want to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about letting it stand in my way, but I think I've allowed it to help me to find a different way. So I even remember coming to London when I moved to London. So I literally traveled and did retreats. Um, I moved to London in 2014, which is when I, I slowed my retreat schedule down a little bit to mm. be in London. And I remember first coming into London and everybody at that time seemed to be just all about the handstand and the forearm balance. Yeah. And, and that's just not the kind of teacher I am. It's just not what I offer. And so I remember being really riddled with doubt in London about I'm never going to be able to make it here. I'm never going to be able to teach here. And even wanting to then change myself about I need to be able to handstand or I need to be able to do this. There was a lot of, I, I suppose, pressure I put on myself at that time. Mm. And one of the biggest lessons I learned around that time is that you've just really got to be you. You've got to find that one thing that makes you you and offer yeah. that and the people that want to handstand they're not going to come to me they're going to find someone mm. else who does it and there's teachers that do it brilliantly um so I suppose even that doubt in myself as a teacher and that made me so then I started all I've done in London for the past two few years is corporates and privates so I then went down the corporate route and the private route and I've not really done much studio teaching because I just I didn't want to be in that what felt like a really, I won't say scary place to be, but it felt a very competitive place to be. I it is, it's competitive. And, really, and I guess yeah. With, yeah. with anything like that, it can be slightly toxic as well. Because of course, yes. you've got so many people who of course are teaching yoga, but at the same time need to pay London rents, exactly. need to put food on the table, are wanting yeah. to make their own career out of it. And there's yes. just only so many classes that can mm. go around. That's and, it. and you're judged, you know, like in, in yes. because ev all the studios are paying such high rent, they need yeah. the teachers for better or worse, and bring the numbers in. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. I'm so Definitely. I'm so glad you made that point about feeling like you need to handstand and do all the arm balances to be any kind of good teacher, yoga teacher mm. in London, because I can completely relate to that and still can't properly do a handstand. <laughs> but I'm just not, yeah. I, like you, I'm not that kind of teacher. And you just let those people fall away. If they want to That's it. be able to do all that. They go to someone else and you, you just go on that journey with yourself, don't you? You realise at the exactly. end, okay, this is me. This is what mm. I can offer. And the people yes. that want that and need that will come. Yes. And that is, I guess, the beauty of London is you've got this huge city. Yes. Well, just generally speaking, now the yogi community is so huge. That can be mm. scary, but it can at the same time mean there's so much opportunity. Because if you totally. do something really, really niche, there's going to be enough people for you to make a living out of it that really like yeah. what you do. Mm. Yes. And so when yeah. did you do, because you, you did teach in studios in London for a while, didn't you? A little bit. I did a little bit. Um, and what I really tried to do, um, and like no offense to anyone out there, but I tried to really, I tried to teach at places with heart. Mm. So I didn't want to go to those places who, I remember teaching at some studios and you'd be halfway through the class and they'd literally come and stick a piece of paper on the window with how many people were in the class. <laughs> so you'd then be expected to try and count to make sure that you match for the numbers. And I just found that See, so much that. more. Like, that. That, yes, that's a yes we need efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> so I was so like, oh my God. And it'd just be like that, that statement. And I was <laughs> so aggressive. See, I'm, the, I'm the teacher that would go and say, where's my sticker? Put the sticker up i need to know yeah. <laughs> oh that's hilarious oh no i'm the teacher that wants to cry in a corner when they're in shavasana because i've got the sticker on the window yeah <laughs> oh, i'm with you oh my god that's so funny <laughs> it was and i didn't want to teach at places where it was just all about a number mm. um and so i managed to seek out quite a few studios that did seem to have 
at least some heart there. And and again, the, the students then I feel again dependent upon the student the studio the student expectations are a little mm. bit different mm. as well so um yes i did mm. but then i fell again quite quickly into corporate mm. and that's all i've done the past few years is just corporate and private have you ever had uh, a time where you've gone against your intuition you know you say you lead with your heart have you ever sort of gone against something that said do mm. this and it's led you down the wrong path that's a really good question not that I can think of immediately. I can mm. think of more things where I didn't follow and I'm like, damn, I yeah. missed the opportunity kind yeah. of thing more so. Mm. So your work um, is so intuitive, isn't it? As you say, and that's really interesting that you said about the moon because me and Adam talk about it a lot and we have obviously very different opinions about it. Um, but it's quite hard to find, to find like, <laughs> is that something you need to edit out? No. <laughs> but it's quite hard to find... Um, I don't want to say accurate information because it is so intuitive, but you read so many different things about it. So but, yes. so it's nice to hear that you use your intuition and how you're feeling around it to kind of put your feelings and thoughts across on your yes. Instagram, etc. Yeah. Mm. And that's how I started to do it more because I'd start to, I started to teach workshops like moon workshops of mm. how to connect with the moon. And then I started to share on social and then I get so many people messaging me be like, oh, thank God, me too. Mm. That felt like you just spoke to me. I'm not, I think what, what the moon work has, has really done for me, and especially during this time, is it helps us to know that we're not alone. Mm. And especially in a city like London, you often feel like you are the only one that's doubting yourself. You're the only one who's feeling emotional. You're mm. the only one. Everyone seems to just be getting on with it all around you. Mm. And so the majority of messages I got are people saying, Oh, it's not just me then like I'm, mm. I'm not on my own and I'm like no you're not mm. and the more people see other people comment and comment and comment you see people comment yeah. to each other and everyone then has this almost like shared experience and pre pre-covid I often laugh about this but pre-covid the moon was one of the only unifying things in the world we all see the same moon in the same phase mm. in the same sky there's not much else in the world that we all see yeah. the same and then COVID came and put us all in it furthermore together, you know? And so that, that's why I love moon work is because I think it just helps to unify people as well. And it brings people together. Mm. In terms of the, like, the, the, the knowledge that you share about it, it mm. was there any inspiration or any, was there any teacher that offered you guidance on it? Or was it all just a mix of kind of the research that you'd done and the observations you made? Mix of that. I want to say the moon herself taught me, but I couldn't imagine the look on Adam's face right now. <laughs> I'm with you, girl. <laughs> I, I'll talk directly to you. We'll, we'll get him um, there. Yeah. Um, the, honestly, just, just shoot, that nine months in India was so profound for me. And then the work I've done even since. And so I've just brought a, a book out about the moon, Lunar Living. I've just and bought again, it. I've just bought oh, it. You. I can't wait I've to just, read it. Thank you. <laughs> But even that, I can honestly, hand on heart, say that that whole book got guided by the moon, whereby mm. the, the only reason I wrote that book was because a couple of reasons. So um, you guys know Mel from Mind Body Spirit mm -hmm. Festival. We yeah. talked about him earlier. Yeah, He's yeah. an amazing man. Mm. And he and I, uh, we'd been in touch a little bit. A few people had, had kind of talked to each of us about each other. So I dropped him an email one day. And Mel's very, again, beautiful in the fact that he gets people involved in his festivals who he knows and he resonates with and he won't just take anybody and everybody. I've always really loved that about mm. him. And he, his exact reply back to me was, I've heard your name one too many times, <laughs> you're in. And I was like, okay. And so I started to do moon workshops with the mind, body, spirit. And then Mel said to me, you're going to do an on-stage talk. Now, 
no. And I was like, Mel, I'm not. Mm. And he's like, you are, you're going to get on stage. And I was like, Mel, no, 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 I'm, I, no, I can't. And mm. he, he, in a loving way, made me do it. And I honestly thought that that moon talk I gave would have like three people. And we ended up with like hundreds of people there. Wow. And so then from there, he gave me the confidence to start to do that more. So he then gave me on stage talks to all the mind, body, spirits. And then Women's Health Live gave me a moon oh, talk. Amazing. And again, they were like, this is a bit out there. And but sure, let's talk about the moon. And my publishers are in the audience. And mm. saw oh, really? my gosh. And then they not only saw the talk, but they saw then the, the cue. It took me hours to talk to everybody after. Because that's, again, another thing I've always really prided myself on. And I think it's advice I give to a lot of newer teachers as well of like, I've always replied to every one of my own emails, even doing the mm. retreats. Those people knew that the person they spoke to on email was the person they were going to get that was going to guide them through that week. Yeah. So they weren't going to show up. Because it's happened to me so many times where I'll meet a social media version of a, a famous teacher and then I'll meet the real version version mm. and I'm like really disappointed yeah. by the portrayal of yeah. something on social media that I always wanted to be very I wanted you to know that the person you got on email or on stories was going to be the same person you were going to meet in real life I love that that's so important that's just a really just important point on social media in general so yes. that there has to be it's integrity yeah. and there has yes. to be actual link between the real person and the social media persona. Totally. And like totally. If, you, if you just spend all your time like using roomy quotes on social media <laughs> and then you came to my class, you'd be like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's not a match. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Yes. Yeah. Authenticity all the way. Totally. It's, so it seems that you, you got in there at the right time with the yoga retreats and you're doing yes. the same with the moon, which is mm. kind of crazy because as you say, it's this ancient globe in the sky with all this wisdom that's been around forever. And yet okay. we're only just kind of scratching mm. the surface of that now, really. I mean, I'm not in the world so much, so maybe it's you're surrounded by it all the time, but um, it does seem crazy that the world's kind of just catching up on all of this now, yeah. but you're in the right place at the right time again. Because totally. your, your website now is very, it's very like, moon orientated. Like, some yoga mm. mentioned there. Like, yep. Was that alongside the book that you, that you changed to that direction and started your kind of the groups and the courses, etc. Was that all happening at the same time when you realized kind there was of, a demand yeah. there? Yeah, the book, the the course, the online course came first because I realized people needed then a space to be able to connect, that it was all very well and good putting things on social media, but then people were like, well, now what? Or how do I find other people with the mm. same interests as me? Because again, it can feel quite a lonely world, especially if, if we use the word spiritual for want of another thing to call mm. it. When you start to explore something a bit more alternative, it's, it's a bit lonely. Who do you talk to about it? Mm-hmm. Who really gets it? And so I created the online course first just for a place so again in ancient traditions women would have gathered together under the new moon and so it's yeah. just another way for women then to come together and to be able to share mm. you know I've done this why because my intuition like I mean bless him lovely guy but my ex and I used to row all the time because he was very 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 linear and yeah. I'd say we need to do this why because we just do yeah but why you just, I know. just feel it yeah. why and I was like you can't explain like an inner knowing like <laughs> I'm so oh my god I agree mm. with you <laughs> um, and it's hard to explain that kind of thing to yeah. people when you're like, like I've quit my job to go to India why because <laughs> I just you feel just like that's what I've got to do mm. and people just think that you're absolutely like crazy but I honestly I honestly believe that on that day I left my job I honestly believe that probably nearly every person in their office wished that they could do the same yeah you know but just many of us aren't 
I don't know, call it brave or crazy enough yeah. to, to really take those big leaps. But that's what's worked for me is taking those leaps that even where people might have said to me, but no one's doing yoga retreats. What do you mean you're going to like go and teach around the world? Like, what, what, what are you talking about? If I'd have mm. listened to that. Mm. And I think to, to your point before, Holly, about like my own self-doubt is strong. But if mm. anyone else self-doubts me, there's a part of me that's going to be like, you just watch. Yeah. You watch. So, you watch and see. I'm allowed to doubt myself <laughs> or not. How have you dealt with people that have, because um, I'm guessing you've been met with quite a lot of um, strange faces when you start talking about the moon and stuff mm. like that. So how have you managed, have you, how have you dealt with that kind of opposition maybe? I think on a couple of different ways. On a on a personal level, I used to, and especially when I first started out on more of a spiritual journey, even a yogic path, it brought so much joy to my life. I couldn't mm. understand why everybody wasn't doing it. Like mm. I can't understand why everybody <laughs> doesn't live by the moon because it's so magic. Um, so I started in the beginning to be a little bit more rebellious and wanting to like argue it out with people. And then I really, really slowly learned that the best way to do it is just to lead by example. Mm. And once people see you out there, teaching 87 retreats they're going to start to believe then things like that are possible yeah and I say this to people all the time I'm not special I did not do anything special that anybody else can't do apart from just take a risk and go for it mm. and take that leap and believe it was going to happen and you still had the fear obviously mm, yeah. totally still mm. and if I'd have listened to too many people I, I wouldn't have done it mm. I, I wouldn't um, and then on the other hand I think that one of the things I really pride myself on and I, I really enjoy doing is taking the more esoteric and the woo and making it real and practical and tangible mm. so I don't necessarily go hopefully too into the woo so it's like I've switched off and I, I'm, I'm not hearing you anymore but it's about how can you bring what I'm showing you or teaching you and take that into a normal life where you've got children and a job and commitments and you're busy and you don't have 19 hours a day to dedicate to mm. setting intentions and dancing around under the moon. <laughs> how can I take those snippets and make my normal day-to-day -day life a better place to be by just using some of this information? Yeah. And so I try to really strip it down to, to being very tangible. Mm. That's, re that's refreshing what? because there's not a lot of that out there, I don't think. But just the way that people um, make maybe ancient traditions accessible, or I haven't accessible. found a lot of it. So that's, yeah, that's quite okay, How would you describe, let, you're in an Uber. I'm going to set a scenario now. You're in an okay. Uber. Okay. Uh, you're with a chatty driver. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, and they ask what you do. And you say, like, you work with like moon, like moon stuff, you're a moon worker. And then, like, well, what's that about? Why would I, why would I do that? what would you tell people like what would you say to that driver like, as a persuasive way so someone that's never encountered anything like it yeah. why what would you say to them in terms of why they should get involved because i honestly believe that we've especially over the past even i don't know 10 years we've tried to make life very very linear so we expect that everything should be the same all day every day that we should feel the same all day every day and life just become like a mm, hmm. just like a one long flat line of being linear it's not the way that life is. And so even if you look outside of you right now at nature, nature moves in rhythms and cycles. Mm. And we are part of nature as humans. We're supposed to live in a natural rhythm and a cycle. That's how we're supposed to be. Our lifetime goes in natural rhythms and cycles. Everything moves in a cyclical nature. 
And so working back in alignment with the moon gives us this opportunity month on month to move back into a cycle and a rhythm whereby we don't suddenly get to December. Like how many times have you made a New Year's resolution mm. and then by like mid-January you've like failed on them all. By March you can't remember what they are. By May you've forgotten like all about it. And by December you're like, how is it December already? Mm. Because there's nothing that breaks our linear life apart from perhaps a weekend or a holiday. Whereas lunar living or working back in line with the cycle means at least twice a month on a new and a full moon, you're going to pause and check in and go, am I still going in the way I want to be going? Am I still giving mm. the attention to that that dream that I've had, that that course I had the idea about that I wanted to create? Have I actually done anything about it or have I let myself just get caught up in the like TikTok, TikTok, TikTok run around of life and I've just shelved it? And so never again will you suddenly get to December and be like, I mean, how are we halfway through the year already? And I know mm. hashtag COVID's had a lot to do with it, <laughs> but you'll never ever again get there with lunar living because a month on month you check in with yourself and you also start to catch yourself in your sabotage tactics and your procrastinations and in the fact that maybe you don't believe in yourself enough you start to take conscious control over your life again so rather than life just happen to you you're part of that rhythm of life again you're creating that again mm. you're, you're taking back that control of the direction you want to go so then, persuade you, yeah. No, no, I'd, 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 yes. I'd give you five stars. Uh, yes! Wow. It's a lot coming from Adam. Uh, I, I, I don't even get that. I, I guess I, my belief there is that it, whether there is something in it or not, it's a really mm -hmm. lovely symbolism as well. Exactly. And th that's it. If you don't want to believe in the orb in the sky, mm. even just taking those days yeah. once or twice a month to pause and stop and go, hang on a second, mm. I was going that way, now I'm over there. How did that happen? Mm. And what do I do to need to nudge that back on track? So the things so, yeah. that are going to nudge us off track are self-sabotage, self-doubt, and all these kind of things, things that you... Um, bring to light in your workshops because I think for me yes. I never knew that self-sabotage self was a thing until a yeah. few years ago when I um, started doing work on myself and then I was like oh my god that explains so much like I want this mm. but I keep messing it up for myself yeah so is that is that kind of the kind of stuff you cover in your workshops absolutely mm. and one of the other things the most important things is if if you don't have a direction you're going to go in you're going to follow other people's directions. Yeah. Mm. So and everyone around you is just going to drag you along for their ride. Yeah. And so for most people, which, which when I started doing this work, equally terrified and saddened me that if you say to a lot of people, like, what do you want? They genuinely don't know mm -hmm. because we've lost any kind of, we've lost any sight of being able to actually have what we want. Mm. We've lost that belief that we can have it. We've allowed ourselves to get so far into the linear or into the working like I hope for so many people that this time shows them that they don't need to go back into working 70 hour weeks yeah. that even I spoke to a man at Sky the other day who said to me, you know, what a gift it's been for him working from home because he has a three hour commute. Oh my gosh. And when you think about that, like you spend three hours of your life just commuting to work, yeah. you know? So I think we lose sight so much of the fact and I hope this time has made people be a bit more brave mm. that you you can have what you want if you're to an extent if you're just brave enough to go after it and believe in it. Yeah. And I th we haven't really been um, taught how to tune into our intuition too much nope. in life have we it's all about nope. thinking and the brain and and that kind of direction so it can be really difficult yeah. for people to just 
be still and tune into what they really want for themselves, not because Absolutely. not doing things they think everyone else wants them to do. Yes. Mm. We're not even taught to, to be with ourselves anymore, are mm. we? Nope. There has to be a distraction no. at all time. Yeah. Every cue you have yeah. to pick up your phone. Oh my God, I know. Yeah. It's an addiction, isn't it? Distraction is yeah, an no, addiction. Completely. Were there any, so your journey has been quite diverse and you've taken mm. lots of you know, sharp turns in various directions. Mm. Were there any turns that ended up being like slight failures that were actually quite useful that you learned a lot from? Or have they, have they all worked and paid off for you? And they've all worked to an extent, I think. I can't, I, I, I can't think of anything particularly that, I mean, I probably went through a time of wanting to teach at the bigger studios because that's where the ego comes in a mm. little bit, I guess, and, and not finding the fulfillment necessarily in those and feeling quite empty after workshops and things like that um, that just made me then realise that what I thought I wanted wasn't. But I honestly believe in everything in life. If you if you learn from it, it was never a mistake. Yeah. Mm. And and the one retreat I had to cancel was one that I knew I I didn't I, I knew I, I mean, luckily in my whole career I can there's probably about three retreats that have gone and when I say horribly wrong <laughs> I mean like horribly wrong. Oh my wrong. god, tell us everything. And then oh god, awful <laughs> things. <laughs> and, and they're they're the ones that deep down I knew I shouldn't do. Right. So if I if I give you that example, they're the ones. And the one I had to cancel, I just knew. My heart didn't feel it. I couldn't visualize myself there. Mm. I couldn't visualize myself there with people. I couldn't see myself there. And yet I suppose just some still part of me was like, I can't cancel it. Yeah. And I mean, it, it cost me the deposit. So it was an expensive lesson to learn as well. But it was worth it to lose mm. that money even of that lesson that n never again then would I say yes to something that my heart wasn't fully into so the, the failure was not listening to your heart then mm. yeah yeah That's now you're I guess building a bigger public profile aren't you like with your yeah. book you're kind of you have to do that and of course to fill your courses you have to do that like, and I, I'm intrigued like, how are you doing it now, of course your social media I guess is the thing for you but you're less out there doing public classes so, like, yeah. so like, what's your strategy now, I guess, for getting out there and sharing what you do and getting more people aware of it? I mean, I guess the book's been an amazing thing. And off the back of the book, um, I got onto This Morning and the Chris Evans Breakfast Show. And so mm -hmm. things like that were incredible. Are you on This Morning? Yeah, I, I didn't on know this that. Morning. That's you know amazing. What? I was absolutely gutted because it was in COVID, so I had to do it from my living room. Oh, so I've not sat oh, on the stage. Oh, no. But did um, you chat to Holly and Phil? I did. Oh. And it was amazing. And even that, what I've loved about the work I'm doing, and again, what I'm bringing to it, is that it's making this stuff more mainstream. So even if people want to tongue-in-cheek, laugh at it a little bit. Mm. I'll laugh along with you, but just go try it and see what yeah. difference it makes in a month. Exactly. Um, and the Holly and Philip thing was lovely that we, we ran out of time so badly. Oh. At first, I was like, I mean, if you just see me in my living room before going on, I was like almost sick. I think even had a bag and everything. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> And then it was like eight minutes long. They were like, you've got eight minutes. I was like, what on earth am I going to talk about for eight minutes? And before I know it, they were like, Kirsty, we've run out of time. Oh. But then my, my Skype called me back a few minutes later and it was them again. And they were like, we're really sorry. We didn't get like chance to finish. And we want to like just finish off where we'd started. Oh, so really? even that's, yeah. Um, and Chris Evans was amazing. Like at one point I wanted to say to him, like, do you do know which Kirsty Gallagher this is, right? You, you know, he's like, you're one of the top 10 guests of all time. And he was like saying to everyone, how anyone doesn't live by the moon anymore? I've got no oh, idea. Yeah. And he was such a big fan. So things oh, like wow. that have really helped. I did use really a fancy Kirsty Gallagher. 
Yeah. Hang on, which one are we talking called about? Liam Gallagher as well. Yeah. Yeah, Kirst, she used to present Gladiators, didn't she? She did. <laughs> you're quite, you're quite similar yeah. in a way. Both dark, both very I pretty. Do, well, to be fair, I've got one bad Amazon review from my book, and that's because they thought this is just a celebrity trying to make money off writing a book. And I'm like, no. It's not <laughs> I spoke to my publisher. Was like, can we please get that taken down? Because it's not even a bad comment about my book. It's that oh. they think I'm cursed. Can they? The Could they take it down or not? No, they've asked Amazon. Well, I, I'm Kirsty Gallagher and I like message quite a bit because You Magazine, and again, this was such a huge thing, You Magazine um, t- took a section of the book and published it in the magazine and they put oh. it on the front page of the magazine and everything. So to see this stuff going mainstream is so huge. And um, the editor of the magazine on their Facebook page was loads of messages being like, since when did Kirsty Gallagher start getting into the mood? And so Kirsty so and I funny. laugh about it lots have got the same name. So everyone thinks that it's like her. But it's also, I suppose, in turn helped me because yeah. yeah. I see the name, recognise yeah. it. Um, but yeah, they got a lot of comments in You Magazine about, oh, what's Kirsty from Gladiators doing on the moon? Oh, that's so, oh, that's so have, funny. Have you thought about changing your name or like adding like, <laughs> Kirsty Moon Gallagher to it or something. Kirsty Moon Kirstie Gallagher Moon. should yeah. take that as a, as a Kirst, middle name. Kirsty Moon, just yeah. Luna Gallagher. <laughs> it's too close to Liam. But it's it's, it's almost meant to be though, isn't it? Things like this. I always think nothing mm. happens by chance. Everything happens the way it's supposed to. And, and how totally. nice that it's go- getting out there into the celebrity world, which I think is yes. a world that so needs this kind of stuff. Totally. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So again, I, I suppose just uh, for for me. I suppose to your point of being like insta famous or whatever we call it, I'm mm. not I'm not that bothered about that. What I'm bothered about is just the right people hearing the right message. Yeah. Mm, so I don't particularly have a strategy to get to twenty K or fifty K or as, yeah. as long as the right people are hearing the message and I just keep showing up as authentically as I can. Mm that's all I all I can do. And that's and that's the stuff that takes hard work. Like actually creating good content, whether that be in the form of talks or you know, presentations or actually writing blogs, creating that and putting the work in behind it is hard. It then takes time. But you know, taking a photo of yourself doing a fancy pose is is a quick second. And that's why people go down that route because they just think, okay, if I get lots of followers, I will automatically yeah. get famous and get good classes. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like it, it, it's useful to have lots of followers. And if that just is simply there to support the content you're creating, mm. wonderful. Yes. But that can't be it alone. <laughs> no. Instagram alone can't be just what you do with you know, the odd class here and yeah. there. And also to be perfectly honest, I'd rather have an engaged audience. So my following is not huge, but I think my audience are reasonably engaged. Mm. And then I do sometimes look at people with the bigger followings and again, I suppose there's a tiny bit of ego there, but I'm like, I get like five times the engagement to that. Mm. And so again, I'd rather have a smaller following who actually want to hear what I've got to say, yeah. who are actually engaged in it. Um, lockdown taught me, I, because of doing all the retreats and being from up north, a lot of people obviously can't practice with me anymore. And so I started to put on like yoga moon classes on Zoom, just thinking I can connect a load of people. They like one Instagram story, 80 spots filled. Like wow. when... Yeah. Huge, because again, I think people want that touch point to to a point before, I suppose, when you've been someone's first teacher. And I can still hear my teacher in India's voice in my head. I can still hear how it made me feel at that mm. time and what I was going through at that time. And so, again, if you just show up authentically, people want to come and take yeah. more and more and more of that. You can say the same thing 75 times and people will still listen mm. because it's still just 
takes them into where you want mm. them to be. And hear it in different ways, I think, as well. Yes. Yeah. I, sometimes I think you can teach, this is kind of off topic, but you can teach a really rubbish class, but you can say one thing and yeah. it might just be that one word or that one line that really touches someone they, and it sticks with them forever. Mm. Yes. Mm. And everyone needs to hear something different in different ways. Mm. Like Absolutely. like Kyle Gray. Do you know Kyle Gray? I do. He's the most wonderful. He, he does that angel, angel, angel yeah. work and stuff. And again, it's not something I believe in, but he's clearly helping so many people in so many yeah. ways through that. And it's yeah. again, it might, he might be saying the same thing really at its heart to people that a psychotherapist might be saying to them or yes. a business mm. motivational speaker just through a different medium. Mm. Through, yeah, the, I, think. I think it comes back, it comes down to why am I doing this? Like, why do I want 50,000 mm. followers? Like, what, what am I doing this for? And if That's it's, why you married me, I thought. What? Because you've got fifty thousand yeah, followers. He caught me. No, I married you. I married you for your last name. You know that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it's always coming back to leading with your heart and authenticity and and your purpose, and then I think yeah. naturally people will start to follow you and feel that and feed off it. Absolutely. Mm. So. Yeah. Have you got any other questions? Yeah, no, I've got, got plenty. Okay. Um, what's the What's the next? Do you know what your kind of next steps are? Are you someone that thinks ahead and thinks this is what I want ultimately, or do you just literally take things? What's, day your, by what's day? your linear path going <laughs> forward? <laughs> my linear Shut path. <laughs> there is no such. She's um, not linear. Yes and no. I'd love Luna Living to grow a little bit more. Um, my publisher just approached me to do two more books. Oh wow! Um, so there'll be more books coming. And then I think honestly what's next for me is I, I think like many yoga teachers, the yoga teachers out there listening, I, I still remember the day I was in St. John's Wood High Street. I was going to a client in Camden. I was walking because all the public transport shut down. And that fateful Monday we went into lockdown on Tuesday, I lost all my business in like oh. a series of emails with every corporate office oh, I teach at. No. Close, 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 close. And I remember calling a friend in the middle of St. John's Wood High Street and being like, I'm done for. <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't know how I'm oh. going to pay my rent. I don't know what's going to happen because every office just closed, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. And because I did all corporate and private, that, that seemed kind of it. And then within sort of a week, we'd got all the corporate classes online yeah. and all my privates were online and everything. And I've actually been busier in lockdown than ever before because most of my privates have got a lot of time. And so we're like, let's do three a week. Let's do four a week. Mm. And so I've been, I've been way busier. And so I think what's next for me at the moment is to take the time off that a lot of people have just had. So I think I want to take a little bit of time off because I've got a lot of ideas around even Lunar Living and, and courses and workshops and more I can offer, but I don't have the space at the moment to really sit with it and feel what does it look like. And mm. as you said before, Adam, like how does it get filmed and, and what's behind it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think a little bit, perhaps of just a bit more space to feel mm. into what else I can offer and how else I can give. What, what, was, what was the process like writing a book? Yeah, I was going to oh ask this. God, honestly. <laughs> It, it, cathartic like nothing ever before wow. so I've always written and I pull off reasonably good social media posts I think and I'm also one of those people that if you give me six months to do it it's going to take me six months if you give me a week to do it it's going to take me a week mm. and so we did it in quite a short time frame anyway because I wanted it to come out reasonably quickly because although it is still a very niche subject, there's a lot more people talk about this kind of stuff now. Mm -hmm. A lot more people are doing, even a lot more teachers I see now. And I, I say this often, I, I laugh about it. So I don't own the moon, of course not, but there's <laughs> a lot more people now who take it. Um, 
I see a lot of my social media posts, even with other people's, like they've copied and pasted and used it. And oh, really? It, yeah, oh. it happens quite a lot. Do you have to message them and be like, oh. I don't, I maybe should, but I'm just like, should. oh, <laughs> I know. There was one girl who like smashed it. She got so many likes. I was <gasps> like, damn it. Oh my God, I could not not say anything. I'm going to say something <laughs> for you. I'm going to find this girl. <laughs> not that long to Kirsty. Yeah, so I, I, there's, there's an awful lot of that kind of thing that goes on. But I, So I thought I could write. And so I had quite a lot of client work on at that time. And I decided I'd take two weeks off and just really focus on it. Now, I am the biggest procrastinator <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> and especially when, the, when I'm on the edge of something massive, you're going to find me on the sofa watching Netflix. That's what just, happens though, isn't it? It's just, yeah. You, you put up all this resistance and like you say, self-sabotage. Yeah. And why is yeah. that? Why do we do Absolutely. that? I honestly think it's because most of us are afraid of our own greatness. Yeah. We're, we're afraid of what we're capable of. And because we're just not used to living in that version of ourselves, it's easier to almost fail in so much as we can say, oh, see, I knew it wasn't going to work out anyway. So I might yeah. as well not bother trying. Yeah, so knew true. it wouldn't work knew it wouldn't happen, knew mm. it wouldn't work. And a lot of us live by that mindset. When you no longer want to live by that mindset, you've got to level up. You've got mm -hmm. to step up into a different version of you that expands into something. And, and that, that can be tough. So you've got to face your shadows. Yeah. You've got to face your sabotages. You've got to learn them about yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I decided to take two weeks off. I stayed in London. I'd wanted to go away, but I just didn't figure it out in time. And honest to God, for that first week, my house has never been so clean. <laughs> I cleaned the house. I put the washing machine on. I wandered around because I was, oh, start tomorrow. You've mm. been working really hard, Kirsty. Have like a day or two off and just relax a bit and then you're going to be better to write. And then I started to go through the biggest, like, dark night of the soul, like, mm. moment where I was like, oh, people are going to read it. <laughs> I, I was like oh my god people are actually going to read it and they're going to laugh at it and they're going to think it's rubbish Aww. and then and then you go into the other fear of actually no no one's going to read it no one's even going to buy it <sighs> it's going to be awful uh, what am I even doing who did I even think I was to write a book I don't know anything about the moon like what do I even know about the moon I can't teach anyone about it I don't know anything I went through like the biggest mm -hmm. And so my best friend got me on the phone one day when I think I was probably on the floor crying. And she was like, get yourself on a flight. Just leave London. You're doing yourself no good. And so I flew to Ibiza. And again, it was so beautiful. Ibiza has been a really big spiritual home for me. So I flew to Ibiza, stayed in this beautiful hotel um, that my friend and I had been at. And there's a little side story to this. So my best friend and I had been on holiday a few months before. And we booked this hotel. And as we pulled up to the hotel, we saw it. And it was this beautiful hotel with these chairs on the balconies and this mm. beautiful pool. I was like, oh, Sam, can you just imagine sitting on that balcony every night, like drinking like tea or whatever? Because we don't drink. We're mm. quite boring. And then we, we got there. And it, that wasn't our hotel. It was a hotel next door we were staying in. There were sister hotels. And we were like, oh. no. And our hotel had like plastic tables and chairs on oh. the Oh. it just wasn't as good but we got there and the lady said to us I've got good news for you girls we're upgrading you and they put us in the hotel oh no way when we arrived they upgraded us and so from that moment I was just like you know when you stay somewhere you feel so abundant I just felt so abundant living there in that hotel for that week I felt like everything just went right we'd I'd visioned myself on that balcony like I talked to you before about vision I'd seen myself sitting there and we got there so I went back to that same hotel because I just remembered it as a place where I just felt so in flow Mm. so abundant so so myself went back there they upgraded me to the suite oh, wow. I had this insane suite 
all to myself. The people there couldn't have been nicer. They like fed me and watered me. And I, I wrote nearly the whole book in a week. And just oh, by wow. getting out of my own space mm. and going to somewhere where I felt to our point before that expanded version of me rather than the Netflix on the sofa version mm. of me just helped me to like level up into the space where it was energetically right to feel that flow of writing. I couldn't write quick enough while I was there. Was and being able to be somewhere where there was nature, I'd go and swim in the sea, oh. I'd see the moon rise. I was gonna say, was it a full moon when you were writing it? It was a full moon. Oh, obviously. Yeah. And did you- it guided, it did, wow. it guided the whole journey. I was there on a full moon. Oh my God, that sounds magical. I can't wait to read it now. It's, it really I, that's a, re- that's a really common thing, isn't it, for writers to do that and go away. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like I, know, I know a writer and he'll book a flight to go nowhere particular but he'll just sit on the plane and on that long haul flight is when he works best. It's where all the information yeah. comes in. Yeah. Do you ever yeah. use the moon as an excuse? Like, okay, it's a full moon. Yeah. I blame the moon. <laughs> it's your fault. I'm just going to do nothing today because it's the moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great... Yeah. I, I say that to people a lot on socials when they're like, see, I told you it was the moon. I was like, it's always, it's the, always moon. the moon. <laughs> you could come to me on any day of the week and tell me you're feeling a certain way and I could give you an excuse. I could give you yeah. a moon excuse to use. It's oh, like I'd write that. the letter to your teacher for you. This is what sometimes... <laughs> A little bit not against <laughs> but the people that say that they're like oh all the electrics breaking today it's a moon it's like, well, my phone didn't break that plane's not falling out the sky yeah me and my friend sonia we have we message when we're feeling a bit down and we'll be like blame the moon blame the moon yeah so it, it yeah. is okay well if kirsty says it it's obviously right okay there we go uh, can we go into like a bit of a quick fire questions now oh go on it's a little quick fire holly you begin and I'll begin. Holly's drinking. Holly's drinking. drinking. Right. So, what is your any particular favourite quote or motto that that you that you love? The I'm going to do a really bad job of it now, but that motto it was the it was the motto that I lived by when I first quit my job to go to India. About um, twenty years from now, you'd be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you mm. did. Mm. That that quote has always just stuck with me. That I'd rather you're never going to regret doing something. I'd rather just take the risk and yeah. do it and learn from it if it doesn't quite work. Love. So that. Uh, okay, so if you were going to give a piece of advice to someone who didn't know where to start with Lunar Living, apart from reading your book, because obviously we're all going to go and read your book. You. But um, yeah, where would you advise people to start? To just begin to check in with the new and the full mm. moon and just to use those two points in a month where you might just sit, pull out a piece of paper or a journal. Again, I, I say to people a lot, there's no prescription of you have to meditate every day and journal every day and chant every day. You're mm. going to find what works. Some of us journal, some of us meditate, mm. some of us. So get a piece of paper, a journal. Don't make it a big deal. I'm also a big fan of you can light incense and have like, I'm surrounded by them, 75 crystals <laughs> and make it a massive thing. Or you can just close your eyes and do it. Like, yeah. So don't make it a big deal. Grab a piece of paper, a journal and just sit and go, where am I right now? Mm-hmm. Am I doing what I want to be doing? Am I perhaps living where I want to be living? And you can't immediately change your whole life in one night, but you can just start to think about where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Check back in two weeks later. Did I do anything about that? And that's where you'll start to catch your sabotage tendencies. You'll mm-hmm. start to realize how you say you're going to start and then find a million excuses not to, or that you procrastinate or that the self-doubt kicks in. Mm-hmm. So just start to check in you and full moon. After about two or three months, you'll be, you'll be a bit bored of yourself by not doing anything then you'll start to put a bit more into it and then the journey begins so make it simple really simple would you like to go to the moon (laughs) 
Or would it ruin That's it for you? That's actually quite a good question. <laughs> if you could, would I think you? it would ruin it for me. The only thing I would like to do is I did read something the other day that you can apparently have your ashes sent to the moon. So oh I was like, God, brilliant. No way. Apparently so. Um, I think it would ruin it for me. I do. <laughs> no, I think I'd rather gaze at her longingly and feel the wisdom instead. Oh, I love that. Did the moon landing happen? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> she said no. Oh, She's shaking get, her we're head. We're going to go totally off. We're going to go totally off now. Next, you're going to start to ask me about all my COVID conspiracy theories. No, let's, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. I'll ask a more legitimate question. Okay, so any any books that are not necessarily related purely, like not about the moon, but any books that really influenced you in your current way of thinking? Oh, that's great. Um, the Untethered Soul. I love that book. Mine. That's incredible. Yeah. Who's that? Is that the one of the horse on the cover? No. Yes. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. What's it about? Yeah. It's about female uh, Michael, or something. No. No, The Untethered Soul is just all about um, basically our, our ego minds and how the, the, the ego mind runs your life. It's um, Michael Singer. Yeah. He also does an amazing book called The Surrender Experiment, I think it's called. But I suggest everyone listens to that mm. because he narrates it. And there's just something about his voice that mm. just transmits such an energy. That's a book that I can't read. I have to listen to. I listen to it um, as well. And it's his voice yeah. is lovely. It's so oh. calming. And, mm. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. And the way he explains things, that book as well, like profoundly changed things for me. Mm. Um, if I look back, I, I used to be a lot more into the work of people like Louise Alhay when Louise oh, Alhay yeah. was, you know, pioneering everything yeah. and, and bringing things out. Um, she was wonderful. Um, yeah, mm. the, the untethered souls one I always start people off, and then I also talk to people a lot about the power of now. But I oh, also yeah, help brilliant. people to get practice in the power of now because mm. if it's a first step, the power of now is just like oh, that's so the first yeah. Mm. The power of now takes it condenses. Oh, is that another book? Do you mean? Yeah. So there's oh. the power of now, and then there's one called practicing the power oh, of now. Okay. Is, is that by him too? Yes. Mm. It's actually mm. a book like, time condenses yeah. oh. and a new earth by him as well is, yeah. in, is incredible i actually listened to that one as well because it's quite chunky so that's yes. um and actually oprah does a series with him that breaks she down does. the chapters so if anyone's interested in that that is absolutely brilliant yeah so to finish off because i don't feel like we talked about this moon coming up the full moon what what is this moon about and how might it affect us etc question so it's going to be the capricorn full moon it's also going to be a lunar eclipse and so what this moon is really going to ask of us is that we had about a week ago the summer solstice when we officially moved into the second half of the year and we also had the cancer new moon that came literally hours after the solstice mm. which was a really powerful time for many of us because um, not to go too off on a tangent with it, but the moon was at zero degrees of cancer and the moon rules cancer. So it's almost like the moon was at zero degrees of her own sign. The summer solstice happens at the moment that the sun goes to zero degrees of cancer and moving to cancer season. And so it's like a big reset for many of us of like resetting back to zero. We're starting to now come out of this time we're in a little bit. So how are we going to move back into it? Are we going to go full pelt back in or are we going to start to like pick and mix a little bit of what we want to change and create the capricorn full moon lunar eclipse is going to come along this weekend is going to ask us to look long term it's going to show us what's real and lasting in our lives so it's going to show us anything that isn't meant for us going forward it's going to start to fall away 
And it's also going to show us how we declared with the summer solstice that we're going to, everything's going to be different in the second half of the year. And I'm mm. going to make real change. It's going to really highlight where we didn't make the change that we said that we were going to do. And so it's a moon that very much puts a lot of energy behind you to propel you forwards. So a lot of people can feel um, sometimes a bit emotional about this moon because we get almost pushed into facing our procrastination tendencies mm. or how we don't put the required effort in or how we still hold on to those things that aren't good for us or how we still allow ourselves to stay small in certain situations or more so how we just fear moving into something new, which mm. is a very human thing to fear, but we so often let it hold us back. So it'll just highlight those those moments where you've maybe been like, yeah, I really don't like my job and so I'm definitely not going back to it. And then your boss's email this week being like, start back on the like 15th. And you're like, sure, <laughs> can't wait. Those kind of things will be highlighted where we just let ourselves stay a bit smaller. Mm. And so for this moon, it's very important. Another reason if I get back into the Uber and I'm trying to convince the driver, mm -hmm. another reason I, I really love moon work is because we're not very good anymore at emotionally processing. Mm. And so yoga helps, which is why the three of us, are, you know, yoga helps it helps you to feel that but for many people we're so disassociated from emotions and i think one of the worst things we've done in the spiritual world is we've started to label emotions and so especially when it comes to manifestation and things like that everyone's like your thoughts create your realities therefore you've always got to just think positive and just mm. think happy thoughts and mm. you can't think anything bad because then everything bad's going to happen to you mm. and that, that again is not the way that life is no. If we go back to that cyclic nature, we're supposed to feel sad and then happy and then lonely and then joyous and then angry. But emotions are supposed to be able to come in, teach us what they're there to show us. Mm -hmm. And I honestly believe that emotions are signposts that direct us when we're out of alignment with our truth. Mm -hmm. So we're only going to feel certain emotions and that might be joy and anger or discontent when we're not living in alignment, when we're doing something that we're not really wanting to do or giving energy away to something we're not wanting to be giving or situations or environments or people, that's when we feel emotions, when our emotions try to say to us, hey, listen, like, back, no, back, back this way. So the moon helps us to process our emotions because the moon, just as the moon turns the tide, has that same gravitational pull on that watery inner world of our emotions which is why full moon, the word lunacy, the word lunatic all came from the word lunar mm. because people would go a little bit bonkers around a full moon because again, that emotional world will be pulled to the surface where we are more quick to anger or when we're quick to react. And so it's really important around a moon to notice to who and what are your emotions directed to because that's going to signal for you those places in your life that need some work and attention. Mm. So again, when you start to work back in that alignment, you start to notice that every full moon I can't stand my boss or every full moon like my boyfriend really irritates me or whatever it is you'll start to notice and then it shows you which areas you need to just make that little sort of change mm. into so for this moon it's going to be really important to notice what you're feeling emotional about because this is going to signal for you those things that aren't necessarily meant for you yet you're still clinging on to so where is the fear what are you feeling fear about if it's fear of the future I love to play the and then what game I quit my job and I go to India and then what? Then I lose all my money and then what? And when you, you eventually end up laughing to yourself because you're like, that's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so just feeling a little bit into that. So it's about getting clear on our emotions and then realizing what we feel emotional towards. But then Capricorn is very practical. So then make a practical plan about how you're going to move forwards. 
The Capricorn Moon is a wonderful one to really get in touch with um, career paths as well, about the, the career path you want to take and where you want to see your career go in. And it's a really brilliant moon to notice your doubts and fears and sabotages, especially around your career. And so to check in with those and to be like, okay, this is what I feel about this. What, what do I need to do about that? Mm. So it's going to be a really big moon to show us where we leapt into the second half of the year being like, woo, and then didn't actually follow up. Mm. And then further from that to notice what is it, what is the little voice then that keeps us from showing up? And how can I make a practical plan to move forwards? So interesting. I'm going to have to rewind and listen to that mm. all over again. <laughs> Thank, thank you, you Kirsty. Thank you thank so, you so much, much for everything. It's gone oh, so quickly. My pleasure. Thank you and so much. Do we need to? Let me share. Where do we need to direct people to? Kind of social media, website stuff. Social media's yeah. Instagram, Kirsty Gallagher. Uh, same on Facebook. Same on website. Hang on, has Kirsty has the other Kirsty Gallagher not got Kirsty Gallagher first? Did you get it first? Her, she spells her surname differently to me. I'm G A W L A G H and G C H. And it's because her family, it's an Irish surname, but her family went via Scotland. And so it got, the spelling of it got changed through history. So we are spelt differently. Um, so yeah, if you end up on hers, it'll be a lot more sporty than mine. Yeah. A lot of sporty stuff and press ups, and I just do moon goddessy stuff. People will and know so, the yeah, difference. Spelliger anywhere. You'll be able to find me, and yeah, the book's Luna Living. Um, so, thank yeah, you awesome for having Thanks me. Thank you so, so much. much. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Honestly, unbalanced.